Como belle celle luna brille strette strette con e butto belle fasteggia sotto il cielo di Roma. Down each avenue or via street or strada you can see him disappearing two by two. Ciao amici! Welcome to Cinema Italiano, the podcast dedicated to the Italian experience as told by film. Today, we'll be talking about the Italian films in selection at the 34th annual Palm Springs International Film Festival, held from January 5th through the 16th, 2023. These include Italy's submission for Best International Feature Film, Nostalgia, plus more films that are just now coming to the U.S. But first, as a couple quick news items, Alice Rohrwacher's short film Le Pupille, or The Pupils, which debuted at Cannes in 2022, has just come to Disney+. It's a charming story set at an all-girls Catholic boarding school during wartime and the events that transpire one Christmas. It doesn't have quite the handheld camera feel that many of Rohrwacher's other films have, but it has a lot of her recurring motifs, like children controlled by untrustworthy adults, and stars her regular collaborator and real-life sister, Alba Rohrwacher. In fact, Le Pupile made the Oscars shortlist for Best Live Action Short Film as one of the top 15 semi-finalists, leading up to final nominations later this month. Le Pupile is available to stream on Disney+, Plus, but as a note, if your language settings are for English, it will default to a dubbed version of the film, so you'll have to adjust your settings to Italian audio to get those original voice tracks. In other festival news, The Eight Mountains, directed by Felix von Groningen and Charlotte Vandermeech, which also debuted at Cannes last year and won the Grand Prix, will be coming to North America at Sundance in a few days. January 20th, 2023, and will also be available to stream online starting January 24th. I'll include a link to this in the show notes. I'm looking forward to seeing this one myself. And now, on to the 34th annual Palm Springs International Film Festival. For me, my headliner film I was most looking forward to seeing was Nostalgia, Italy's submission for Best International Feature Film. It's directed by Mario Martone and stars Pier Francesco Favino as a middle-aged man who returns to Naples after having moved away for 40 years, and he's forced to confront his childhood best friend, who has since become an underground crime boss. It's deliberately paced, with Pier Francesco Favino playing somewhat against type, as a more meek, mild-mannered personality compared to his usual dashing and confident self. He's come back home to Naples to help out with his aging mother, then he gradually sets down roots by buying a new apartment and reconnecting with his local church and community. Similar to Padre Nostro, another recent movie starring Pier Francesco Favino, Nostalgia also seems to have a queer subtext 
Favino's character Felice clings to this strong connection with Oreste, his childhood friend who has since become a crime lord, in a way that feels deeper than a typical friendship. They haven't seen each other or apparently communicated at all in 40 years, but Oreste, or the memory or meaning of him, seems to be Felice's North Star as he settles back into life in Naples, even buying a home while his wife is still in Cairo. His pull to Oreste isn't fully unpacked or rationalized, as he refuses to report the crimes that Oreste has committed to authorities. But Felice can't fully dig into why he doesn't report him any further, simply beyond the fact that they're best friends. Naples I still haven't been to, but what I'm assuming was location footage feels very authentic to a big city in contemporary Italy, with scenes of a bustling piazza, Vespa zooming around, and that blend of classical with modern, beautiful cityscapes and ancient sites, as well as dirty alleyways and a reflection of real contemporary life. This movie is not meant to be a travelogue or anything, but the depiction of Naples feels so rich and textured as a spot-on representation of an Italian city. Next up is Freaks Out, directed by Gabriele Mainetti, which is set during World War II and features four circus performers, a young woman who generates electricity, a young man who controls insects, a man-beast who's covered in fur, and a little person who manipulates metal objects. The owner of their circus, who is Jewish, is captured by the Nazis, and the circus performers band together to free him and others from the horrors of the Holocaust. It almost feels like a superhero movie, with a band of offbeat individuals with extraordinary powers saving those in need. Freaks Out is generally well regarded. It won Best Producer in several craft awards at the David Di Donatello Awards that year, winning over Paolo Sorrentino's The Hand of God in several categories. And even at the Palm Springs Film Festival, I heard enthusiastic chatter about it at almost every screening I attended. It was certainly well-made and looked like it had a bigger budget than a lot of Italian movies, but the overall premise, the superheroification set during the Holocaust, just didn't sit right with me. If it was trying to draw parallels between the circus performers being outsiders alongside what happened during World War II, to me it felt like it missed the mark, as though it's recontextualizing a very real tragedy into something comic booky. Freaks Out opened in Italy back in 2021 during Halloween weekend and became a decent hit. It could be something just got lost in translation and I didn't connect to it in a way that most audiences seem to. This director, Gabriele Mainetti, also did They Call Me Jig, which also didn't click with me, but it was another big award-winning action film. So if you like They Call Me Jig, which is available in North America, you might also enjoy Freaks Out. Nel blu 
tutto di blu Felice di stare lassù E volavo, volavo felice Up next is the documentary Salvatore Shoemaker of Dreams directed by Luca Guadagnino and written by Dana Thomas. It discusses the life and impact of shoe designer Salvatore Ferragamo from his humble beginnings in Bonito and Naples through moving out to California, to Santa Barbara and Hollywood, crafting shoes for the movies, then returning back to Italy, setting up a luxury shop in Florence. I myself am not a fashion guy, but I found his story very interesting. The documentary was written largely in first person, adapted from his memoirs and interwoven with audio clips of Ferragamo in his own words, plus interviews with family members, historians, and others in the fashion world. In particular, one aspect to his design that stood out was working in the midst of World War II, having limited access to supplies and imported goods. These limitations were what drove much of his creativity, making do with what he could access, designing shoes out of materials you'd never expect, like wine corks. This was actually the first non-fiction film by Luca Guadagnino that I've seen, but it had some of his keystone touches, such as a heightened sound design with the loud buzzing, stapling, and noises of the shoemaking process, and a really driving musical score by the composer John Adams. This documentary premiered at the Venice Film Festival back in 2020, and it's just now being released theatrically in North America by Sony Pictures Classics. Next is Where Life Begins, directed by Stefan Freis. Set in Calabria, a community of Orthodox Jews from France come to harvest the citron fruit for their Sukkot celebrations. The rabbi's daughter is on the verge of leaving her community, and she finds connection with the owner of the farm, and together they navigate between what they want and what's expected of them. I like this film quite a bit, especially how it lets scenes breathe and play out in a way that felt natural. The camera was often in medium shots, and it would stay still, allowing movement or characters' realizations to develop in a way that felt more restrained, rather than jumping in for close-ups or fast editing. The mellow tone set through this editing added to how quiet and possibly complacent the characters' lives have become. One thing that could have been handled differently was the depiction of the Orthodox Jewish community. Esther, the rabbi's daughter, feels increasingly repressed by the church and desperately longs to break out, which is perfectly valid and that's her character journey. But there's no real counterbalance to show the strong sense of community or the good that others in the group feel as a result of being in such a tight-knit world. It felt like the Orthodox Jewish community, a minority group, was made out to be an other to be escaped from without balancing out the positives that it's brought to some within that community to really enrich and give meaning to the lives of its members. Where Life Begins opened in Italy in June 2022 and performed modestly there. I would be surprised if this becomes available in North America, but I would recommend it overall if it comes to a theater near you.
As always, thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your choice of podcast platform. You can also follow the show on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Until next time, ciao amici.